Thank you for tuning into Calvary Life Keller's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged in your personal relationship with Jesus. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit us at www.calvarylife.us. So we've been in a, a series called For Real, For Real Faith. We took a, a two-week pause, and um, Pastor Steve brought the word for the last two weeks. Boy, he put the stink on that word, right? It's a good word. I encourage you to uh, go back and listen uh, to it. It's a great, great message. Amen. Don't allow the enemy to steal that word from you. And so, um, so we're, again, so we're in this, so we're back to this series um, called For Real, For Real, For Real Faith. And God has encouraged me to preach this series because he's taken this church from ordinary to extraordinary. But usually a couple of things happen when, when, when God does this, right? Usually um, he starts to shake things up. He starts to shake things up in our lives, shake things up in, in, in our church. So he would, he would shake your foundation. It seems like you have an earthquake of problems, right, when God, when God does this. It seems like, like um, God has is, is gone missing. It just seems like that you're, you're being punished. No, God says, I'm doing it because I love you. I'm taking you from ordinary to extraordinary. Right, so he has to shake your, your foundation, right? Things that may not b- belong, he, he will shake it up. And certain things that we hold on to, he wants to, sh- he wants to shake us off of those things. Amen? Sometimes we're too comfortable where we are, so God will shake off what you're comfortable with, right? So that way you can be the person he called you to be. And, a, and, a, and the second thing usually happens that you will have conflict. As much as we cannot stand conflict, right, um, it's, it's, it's a part of, of, of God training us, pruning us, right? So usually we'll face, uh, face conflict. When, it, when God promised the Israelites land, right, uh, when they got there, it was people on the land. It was conflict. They weren't supposed to be there. It's ours. When, when Joseph had a dream, right, and told his brother, it created conflict. Amen? So God, God's been messing with me, y'all. He's been messing with me. As I've been preparing for this message, you know, uh, <clears throat> kind of doing my review, I like to do it out loud, right? So I was reviewing what we've been talking about, right? So like the definition of, of faith, right? Biblical definition of faith is trusting in something you cannot explicitly prove. And remember, this definition contains two aspects, intellectual assent and trust. Right. Intellectual assent is believing something to be true. Trust is actually relying on that something to be true. Right. Remember that. So we we use our cheer as our metaphor. So intellectual assent is recognizes that this is a cheer and this and it's designed to support someone to sit in it. But trust is actually sitting in the chair. So this is our seat of faith. So then. The Lord had said to me as I was preparing and reviewing, he says, do you really have faith in me? Do you really have faith in me? Now, I've matured a lot. 
because in the past, I would have answered him immediately. Oh, yeah, God, I trust you. I have faith in you. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, God? Just tell me I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Now, right, I know when the Lord asks us a question, he knows the answer to it already. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a rhetorical question, right? He already know. He already know what's in your heart. He's checking you. This is the time when God's checking you. So he was checking me. So I waited. I didn't answer. I thought about it before I answered. And the Lord began to proceed and, 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 said, and says to me, faith is about standing for truth. Standing for what's right. Standing to make a difference. I said, okay, Lord. He says, so I want you in the church to stand against division. So he says, speak about unity. So, okay. See, division, right, blocks what, what God. So division among believers block what, uh, what God is trying to do in our lives and in the church. Right? So God, God loves unity. Right? Unity is important to God because it reflects the kingdom of God. It does. So in John 17, uh, 20 says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you that also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So unity is important to God. Unity reflects the kingdom of God because when we are united, the world knows that God sent Jesus. Are, are you going with me so far? So it's okay to be different, but we need to be together. It's okay to be different, but together. So I played on basketball teams, and we all didn't play uh, uh, the same position, right? But we all had the same goal, was to win, right? In order to win, right, we needed to be together. God loves diversity. Look around this church. This is a diverse church, right? But we have to act diverse, amen? So this guy loves diversity, right? Without diversity, life will be boring, right? Diversity is what makes the, the world great, right? Because we all have uh, different ideas, right? Can you imagine if we're all in a meeting together and we all thought the same, right? It would be a short meeting. <laughs> it would be a short meeting, right? It's, it's like we, we talk about uh, strategy in the church and we all came up with the same strategy, right? It's like, okay, well... Uh, you know, that, that's good. It's boring, right? It's, a, it's sometimes when we disagree, that's, that's actually a good thing because we're sharing di new perspectives, different perspectives, right? We're seeing things from, through a different lens. Diversity is wonderful. Life would be boring without diversity, right? It would take away all that good cooking, <laughs> right? Diversity gives us an opportunity to celebrate different cultures, 
right, and see, the, uh, see its different, see these di differences, right? So diversity is, is lovely. God loves diversity. I mean, where would we be without Mexican food? <laughs> right? Go to Rosia's house and have her cook you some Mexican food. Oh, my Lord. Right? Come on. Where will we be without diversity? That, that good old, good cooking, right? I love pizza. I love Caribbean food. I love Caribbean food. I love Jamaican food. It's awesome. Like, I, life will be boring with me without Caribbean food. I just love it. Absolutely love it. Amen. Um, uh, Nancy, Nancy makes this dish, and I forget. It's like cornbread with meat in it. I forgot what you call it. I don't know what it is. Uh, let's see. Huh? Yeah, tamale pie. What will you be without tamale pies? It's so good. Go to Nancy's house, have her cook you that, amen? Bring me some back, too. I love that. I love that. What will life be with my wife, without my wife's um, of collard greens? Oh, oh, my gosh. My family fell in love with her, not because of her personality, not because of the way she looks. It's because how she makes collard greens. No, listen, listen. Some things in my family are mandatory. Some things are mandatory. Like, you have to like collard greens, right? If you don't, if you are black and you don't like collard greens, you're like the Antichrist. Oh, get away! The false god! Go away! The imposter! Go away! You're not black! Go! Now, I'm not the one to gossip. I'm not trying to call anybody out. But I know a couple of people, a couple of black folks in this church that don't like collard greens. They need deliverance. It's not right. Something happened with their DNA or something. I don't know what happened, but it's just not right. Maybe, you know, I know, I know God, like, doesn't make mistakes, but I'm saying we need to question some of that, though, right? You black and you don't like collard greens? I would never call them out. I would never call Edie out. I would never do that. Or Pastor Joaquim, I would never... Do that. We'll never call. I'm not that type of person. We'll, we'll not call them out. But God loves diversity, man. He loves it. He loves it. Three things I want you to know about unity. Unity is a gift from God. Unity is maintained, not created by man. Unity is maintained not created by man. Oh, we're going to get into it. Unity glorifies God and attracts unbelievers. So don't, don't forget those three things. Make sure you write those three, three things down. It's important for this message. It's important for how we respond uh, to, to life after this. You with me? So in our text here, Jesus taking a stand against division. So we have the uh, Jews and the Samaritans, so they, they don't like each other. They were actually prejudiced towards each, each other. And Jesus didn't like that. He didn't like that. He was confronting that. So this meeting at the well was extremely important, right? So just quickly, uh, you know, when someone is prejudiced is when you prejudge someone uh, based on their skin color or particular group, right? You prejudge them before you even get to know them, right? So, so some examples of this is like racism, sexism, ageism, classism, all the isms. We need to take a stand against the isms. 
take a stand against the ism. It doesn't belong in the church. Right. So the church cannot mimic the world. The world needs to mimic the church. Right. So we can't conform to the world. So we need to be that that safe place. We need to be that that church that takes a stand and teaches the world or show the world how how it is to walk in unity. How unity is maintained. And how unity glorifies God and unbelievers. So although the, the, the Jews and Samaritans were um, prejudiced towards one another, they did share a common bond. It was this, this well, Jacob's well. So it, it was between Ju- Judea and Galilee. And so it was kind of a, 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 a neutral lo- location. Um, so because both the Jews and Samaritans loved Jacob. Hated each other, but they loved Jacob. So that was their common bond. So when you went to this well, right, you could be a Samaritan, you could be a Jew. It's just like neutral ground, right, because of their, their love for Jacob. And so, so this is interesting how. What I want us to take away from, 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 from this here, this point here, is how Jesus established a common bond with this woman at the well. This woman at the well. Now, we remind you, like, she is a woman, right? And during those days, a a, a woman couldn't be in in a man's presence during during the day, right? So she was a woman. She had a lot of things going for herself. She was a woman. Her lifestyle wasn't all together, right? And she was a Samaritan woman, and Jesus was a Jew, right? So she couldn't get caught talking to him during the day. So, so this is interesting how Jesus established a common bond with her. So my first point, how Jesus established a common bond with her was that Jesus saw her from the eyes of God. He saw her from the eyes of God. See, God sees us as one, right? All life has created in the image of God. The Bible says that let's create man in our own image, in our own image. That's man, one man, and whatever. So let's create man in our own image. That is what unites us. Is that we're all created in God's image. So to him, he looks at you, 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 all the same. We may have different colors, different background, different ethnicities, for eat different foods, but he says, so when I see you, you are my child. So we're all created in God's image. That in itself unites us. Man cannot create unity. We have to maintain it. God created unity when he created us, right? So so when the the Bible does not start off the creation of a special race. He didn't. They just said he just created the, the first human being and they called him Adam. Right? Called him Adam. So Adam and, and Eve, right, were not 
Egyptians or, or Hebrews, right, or black nor, right, nor white, right? They represented all ethnicities. It's not their eth ethnic background was not even recorded. I don't know, but if you take black and white and you mix it together, what did you get? Brown. 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 Maybe. Maybe I'm off on my color. So forget that. Take that out of the record because I'm all off. Gray. Okay, gray. Maybe they were gray. First gray. <laughs> Diversity. Yes. Yes. But, <laughs> but they represented all ethnicities. They represented all ethnicities. So this, so this actually proves that we're all the same, right? We're all from the same father, right? So not maybe we all have like, you know, different uh, uh, fathers and mothers, but we all have the same heavenly father. So you may be my brother from another mother, right? But we have the same heavenly father. And that's what unites us. We don't have to figure it out. It's biblical. So Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. This is my favorite. One God and the Father of all. Who is above all, work with me here, and through, and in you, and all. So all. So God created us all in his own image. Amen? Amen? See, so, so what does that mean? Well, I am a man of God first. That is my identity. Second, I am a black man. And my wife would tell you, like, you are a real black man. Like, she tried to make me chicken without bones. I'm like, I, that's blasphemy. I don't like that. She said, you are just a typical black man. Yes, chicken with bones in them. I am a black man, and I want to celebrate it. Amen? So, I, so I'm a man of God first. That is my identity. So what does that mean? So when you see me, see God first. So we all need to see each other from God's eyes. We need to see each other out of God's eyes. So being created in God's image unites us. Seeing each other from, God's eye, uh, from the eyes of God maintains unity. Right? So Jesus here, he sees this woman from the eyes of of God. And he asked her for a drink. And so her first response was just like, I don't know this guy. Why is he asking me? I'm a Samaritan woman, right? He is a, he is a, a Jewish guy. So uh, he, she must have figured out that he was a Jew, maybe because of what he was wearing or whatever. Uh, but she can identify that he was a Jewish man. So Jesus asked her for a, a, a drink. And so she was just like, what? She said, well, I have nothing to, to draw from. I have nothing to draw from, right? Um, so Jesus, what's interesting here, 
that Jesus was, was tr- making a connection with her, he was just like, well, he was willing to drink from the same cup. He was, it was, he was willing to drink from the same cup. See, we have to understand during these times that, that, that Jews and Samaritans will not drink from the same cup or bowls during those times. Right. So it was just odd for Jesus to ask her for a drink. Right. Without him having nothing in his hand. So he's like, you don't. she's like, you don't even have nothing to draw from. So you want to try to drink out of my cup? I don't know where your lips been. That's just nasty. Right. But Jesus was willing to drink from the same cup. So he was offering her a new perspective, because if you drink from this cup, from this water, Right. You will you have living water. You will gain a new perspective. Right. So sometimes sometimes. Right. We we love God. We believe in God, but we won't drink from the same cup of of fellow believers because of our differences, because of our backgrounds. Right. Because you're not in my economic class, economical class. Right. So I, I won't drink for the same cup. We could go to church together and sing hallelujah, but I won't drink from the same cup as you because we're different. We're different. Here's, here's Jesus and a Samaritan woman, totally different, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, but he was willing to drink from the same cup as her. This reminds me of the story in Matthew 20 when a woman came with her two sons to Jesus and asked for a favor. She's, and he says, well, she, she, he says, what, what do you want? She says, well, I want my son Right, to one son to stand on the right side, and the other son on your left side. And Jesus said, "You don't know what you're asking. Are you willing to drink from the same cup as me? Are you willing to be baptized in the same baptism? You don't even know what you ask. See, some 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 people want anointing without suffering. Some people want to do greater works than Jesus without suffering. You don't know what's in this cup. You don't know what I'm about to do." See, I'm going to die for you and everyone else, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a sacrifice. So Jesus, he, he's, he, he, had, he had drinks, and um, he was able to drink from a couple. The tax collectors, all sorts of people, right? He didn't discriminate against anyone. He was able to connect with them, right? So, so, so sometimes we want to do ministry without drinking from the same cup as others. When we do life groups, it's like drinking from the same cup. We're going around sharing perspective, but we're drinking from the same cup. We're drinking from the same cup. That living water that Jesus is offering us is that living water. You take some of that. You take some of this. You take some of that, right? It's all from the same cup. That's unity. That's the type of unity that God wants from this church. Is anybody going with me this morning? We might have differences, but we can drink from the same cup. So this part was very interesting here. So point number two, Jesus was able to see her life from her perspective. I just love how this story just unfolds, right? Just Jesus' interaction with with this woman. It all started at this meeting, this, with this meeting at the well, how Jesus came to her. He met with her. He met where she was. And he, he saw life, her life, from her perspective. 
in order to change someone's perspective, you have to actually see what they see. Right? So let's just read a little bit. John, let's go to verse 16 in John 4. Right? So it says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said. <laughs> you have no husband. For you ha have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. And that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Yeah, then, and then some. Our fathers, check this out. This is important here. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. It's a conflict here. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such worship, worship him, seek, seeks to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So here, first, Jesus listened to her, right? He listened to her story, right? See, Jesus understood why she was hesitant to drink from the same cup as he, right? Because she was just saying, listen, listen, basically, so all, all my fathers told us how to worship. All I know is what I see. This is how I grew up. This is the way I am. I'm not supposed to uh, hang out with uh, Jews. We, we worship on this mountain, and, and that's it. Y'all go over there, and y'all worship. Y'all do y'all thing over there, but we stay over here. This is the way, this is what I was taught. I only know this. How am I supposed to see things from a different perspective? All I know is this. You cannot put culture over theology. So Jesus was like, you worship what you know. It's more for you to see. It's a bigger world out there. It's not just, you don't live life based on just how you grew up. It's more to this. And when you are a child of God, right, you are a citizen of, of heaven. You are a citizen of, of, of his kingdom. That means everybody else you encounter that are believers are the same thing. Amen. So there's a bigger world out there. So we cannot worship our culture. We cannot worship our culture. God said you're worshiping what you don't know. Oh, yeah, God is bigger than how you grew up. It's more for you to learn. More for you to learn. He's bigger than how you grew up. Amen? It's a diverse world out there. It's an opportunity for us to get to know one another and to walk in unity with each other. So this is interesting how Jesus transitioned, right? So he, so for one, he, so our, our first point, we, we talked about how Jesus 
develop or establish a common bond with her, right? The common bond is that we are created in God's image. Then, right, he saw life, he saw her life through her perspective, right? So then he starts to change her perspective. And so he turned her perspective and he turns perspective into action. So he, he set her free. He set her free. So not only that she worshiped her, where her family told her to worship only, and she, she stayed away from other people, right, that, that wasn't Samaritans, right? But she wasn't living a lifestyle that represented Christ. You know, she had, she had five husbands. She was living with a person that she wasn't supposed to be living, living with. So, so here's, so Jesus set her free. He said, go get your husband. So he knew what the answer, he knew what her lifestyle was. And so, and blew her away. Well, you must be a prophet, dude. You just like went down my whole life. That was amazing, right? But it started to change her perspective. Perspective changes both our views and our behaviors. Our decisions on how we live our lives are based on how we see things. You got that? So he changed her perspective. That's amazing. He changed her perspective. He did it, and then he, then he healed her, right? Because you can't, so it's, it's one thing, right, of getting in a room to, to, together and, and, and sharing, new, um, sharing perspective, new, new ideas, but, but then it just stays there. So, no, but he, did, he turned it into action. He healed her. He healed her from her, her family history. He healed her from her old lifestyle. Isn't that amazing? Our world needs healing. Because we are divided because of what's in our hearts. So we need healing. So this is, this is interesting. My last point that I'm going I'm to make here is that Jesus did exactly what he commanded us to do. It's out of Matthew 22, verse, verses 37 and 39. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first great commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It is a commandment not a suggestion. You can't put culture over theology. It's a commandment. So we ought to love our neighbor as ourselves. But some of us kind of need some healing because it's hard for us to love God with all of our hearts, right? Then God becomes a, sec- a second, I mean, a distant second. And then loving people don't even have a chance. They don't even have a chance. Because, because of how we feel about ourselves. Because we don't love ourselves. So we have a hard time loving God with all of our hearts and love his people because of how we feel about ourselves. So some people just need healing from, from that. God's saying, well, the way I look at you, man, if, if you see how I see you, your heart would change. Because you are amazing. Your mistakes uh, that you made in your past will not define you. It should not define you. Right? So sometimes we have a hard time loving God with all of our hearts and love his people. Right? We have a hard time. See, the Bible doesn't tell us to like everybody. 
I mean, just some people just get on your nerves, right? It doesn't say that you have to like everyone, but it does instruct us to love everyone. See, some people you don't like, just keep your distance from them so you could keep loving them. Right? It doesn't say you have to like everyone. Diversity. I may like you, but not you, but I don't like you. I don't like you. So it's okay, right? But this is awesome how, how Jesus modeled this commandment, right? This model. He loved. He loved. He came around. This meeting at this well was so amazing. I could talk about this all day. This meeting at this well was so amazing how Jesus met her halfway. He met her halfway. Right? So that means, so to order to love your, your neighbor, you have to do it on purpose. You have to be intentional about doing it. So Jesus met her halfway. Broke all boundaries. Because they, they weren't supposed to be interacting with one another. He broke all boundaries. Right? He came against all classism, racism, you know, ageism, didn't matter. He broke all the isms. And he came, he met her halfway and says, give me a drink. Give me a drink. Because we all created in God's image. Right? So to love your neighbor is to do it on purpose. It's to do it on purpose. Right? It's to meet them halfway. You have to have this meeting at the well. So you can share perspectives. Right? You can share perspective, but you, do, you, you establish the common bond first, that we are created in God's image first, right? And then you share perspective, and then you're able to walk in unity. So I'm going to leave you with this, this little demonstration. I'm going to ask Pastor Steve to come up. And I don't know if you noticed this or not. I am black. He's white. No, he's really white. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, I don't want you to focus on him, but if you haven't noticed during worship, he... <laughs> but he's, he's that kind of white. <laughs> Talented, gifted, but he white. <laughs> I don't know, Le 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 Pastor Leona got a little diversity in her, right? Because she's just like... Uh. <laughs> Pastor Steve... Love to death. But how are we able to walk in unity together? We, we come from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, right? We like different, different things, right? He makes pancakes different than I, than I make, right? He gets mad the way that I make pancakes, right? So how are we able to walk in unity together, right? Well, we see life differently, right? So we see life differently. So what, how I grew up, I see different things. Than, than, than how he grew up, right? I mean, different things. It could be crazy things, right? So, Pastor Steve, do you see brown butter apple pear what? recipe? Do you see brown butter apple pear recipe? Brown butter apple pear. Yes. No, I see 12 podcasts that you don't want to miss is what I see. What is that? What? what? I don't even know what that means. Okay, so, so wait, so... Do you see map, um, mini maple pecan tartlets <laughs> recipe? Do you see that? I know you see that. No, no, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. No, what I see is reading the Bible through a poet's eyes. I don't even understand you. I can't <laughs> believe that's just ridiculous. You don't see what I see? You have to see this. I know that you see this. Pumpkin cheesecake 
recipe. I don't know. That sounds good, but that's not what I'm looking at. What I'm looking at is gossip in the church. Dude, I, we, I don't know what you're looking at you over there. You should not be reading that. I <laughs> so, how, so that's the way he sees life. And this is the way I see life. It's always with food, right? But, but anyway, but he has a different perspective of life. I have a different perspective. How are we able to walk in unity? The only way we're going to do that is someone gets up, right, and love their neighbor on purpose, right, on purpose, and have this meeting at the well yeah. and establish, right, a common bond, yeah. which we both know that regardless of color, skin color, regardless of perspective, regardless of how uh, a culture, how we, how we grew up, right, we are created in God's image. Right. That's yeah. our common bond. And then we're able to, now I'm supposed to see what he sees. Now let me see what you see. That's, that's the way he sees life. It's boring, but I'm going to show him what I see, <laughs> right? Because it's all about food. So now we have a, a better understanding of each other. Even if we disagree, I like food. He likes deep stuff, right? It's okay. It's okay. But you know what? Because we have the common bond, right? Christ, I mean, God created us in, in his own image. Amen. And now that I was, we were intentional about this meeting at the well Amen. to love our neighbor on purpose and share perspective, now we're able to walk in unity together. Amen. Different, Amen. different, but together. Amen. Different. We worship differently, but we worship the same God, right? Amen. He's this. <laughs> right? And I'm this. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's okay. We serve the same God. We yeah. love the same God. We yeah. have great conversations even when we disagree. We can walk yeah. together. We can experience the presence of the Lord together. Amen. We can help each other. We can pray for each other's family. We can vacation together. We can do life together. We can drink from the same cup. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise. We may be different, but we can drink from the same cup. It's that living water that's offered to all of us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast. Thank you and have a blessed week.